This morning, I, on this third Sunday in Advent, I, I guess I'm doing something a little different again. I, I did something different last week. I'll do something different this week. And next week, uh, I'm so excited about next week. I've been preparing a lot for next week that maybe I, I didn't get enough preparation in for today. I'm sorry if that's the case, but um, I, I'm, I got to thinking about light. And uh, last week I was thinking about God's gifts, and this, this week I was just thinking about light. And what we do at, um, at Christmas time is we get our grandkids and we take them to various light shows. There's one out at Lake Linda, uh, we go to Early Gardens, um, Mike's Farm is great. Uh, Friday night, we passed one in Myrtle Beach that was um, out on Route 31, a big, huge thing. I've heard that there are great ones when you go north. What's that, the meadow? Meadowlands? Meadowlands? It's just the meadows. The meadows. Meadow lights. I understand you have to wait in line for a long time to see it, though. It's kind of like... It backs up onto the uh, I-40 or something. That there's a lot of people that like to go there, but uh, it's fun, you know. I, I think uh, when we see the kids, they just like to keep on. They get excited and they look at it, and then they want to go again and go again. And especially when we're driving around Lake Linda, and uh, there's just a lot of fun in that. And I got to thinking about that, uh, and the verse that just was written on my heart is arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you or has risen upon you. And I just like to think of that. What, what if you were the Christmas tree that people come to see? What, what it would be like if the light of the glory of God just rose upon you in such a way that people were so attracted to you? What would that be like if that was what Christmas was about? Well, in the, in the first couple of years we were here, we invited the church to come to our house, and you haven't had a chance to do that, so I just thought I would show it to you anyway, get a little chance to see a little bit of, of what it's like. That's where we live, and uh, even if we're not there, you can uh, see that we, we do enjoy it. I love the fact that on this day when I took it, there's a star up there. Look at that. <laughs> I don't know if it's a star of Bethlehem, but you know, I just thought that's kind of neat that there's a star there. Um, this shows some of our German influence. The, the arch there in the middle that's all lit up is a German Christmas, um, a German Christmas market. And uh, the, these things Germans have all over their homes throughout the, the country. Um, we've got a few of them. I think maybe we'll have, some, hopefully, enough to give to our grandchildren uh, so that they'll all have one. And our Christmas tree. Jan likes to do a Christmas village. And uh, I just got to thinking, uh, light and lights, and, and there's something about it. And so I just started to think about why is light such a major theme in the Bible? I, I guess I'd never sat down to think about it, but the Bible kind of starts off with the first thing that God created. He said, well, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. 
I mean, it's kind of like he, uh, he just starts off with creation, and the first thing he does is say, let there be light. And the fascinating thing to me is that you get to the end of the book. <laughs> you're going to end up in, we'll look at those verses later, but you're going to end up in a city that God has created where he himself illumines the city and there's no shadows in it. Isn't that interesting? You know, you start thinking about a shadow. Shadow isn't anything. It just is, it, 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 there's nothing to a shadow. But when the light shines on something, it casts the shadow, but what's the real thing is what the light illumines. You don't go up and hug somebody's shadow. You know, I, when I go see my wife, I don't go hugging her shadow. I'm not interested in the shadows. We're interested in the thing that's the real thing, and the light illumines what's right and what's good. I, I just got to thinking about Bible begins with light, ends in incredible light, and I just thought about different things about light. You ever sit down to think about that? Uh, uh, if uh, light travels, do you know how far fast light? It's fast, hundred and eighty-six thousand miles a second. That's fast, isn't it? Um, about something over six trillion miles in a year. I can't count that far. Um, but that's a long ways. Six trillion miles in a year. You remember the other week I put up a picture of the Whirlpool gal Galaxy that the Hubble Telescope shows us a picture of? Just to give you an idea how far away that is, that's 25 million light years from us. I mean, <laughs> a light year, six trillion <laughs> miles. And then you put 25 million of those together. I mean, I can't even calculate that. I'm just sitting there going, and yet we can see it. Isn't that amazing? To start to see when God said, let there be light, that light has heat. As a matter of fact, if you go out in the summer and sit outside too long, you might even get burned and you're not even that close to the sun. Imagine what would happen if you got a little bit closer. I mean, there's, it generates heat. It gen light has this incredible uh, ability to expand and illumine and, and, and it, it's God's incredible creation. I'm just, it gives you vitamin D. It, it, it helps your attitude. It brightens you up. It gives you relaxation. Just think about all the things that you do when you go sit out on the beach in the sun and just enjoy. I mean, you, you, there are good things that light does to your physical body 
And when the days are dreary and overcast, it seems like the mood gets overcast as well, doesn't it? But when the sun's bright and shiny like it is today, and you get up and you go outside, and you go, nothing like driving on a, on a beautiful, sunny, cold day where the roads are good and you can just carry on. I, I'm just, you know, there's just, it's, it's amazing what happens. My question, though, is why is light such a major theme in the Bible? Now, it starts off not just in creation, but it's used in prophecy. So, as we read in Isaiah, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, and those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. In other words, there is a prophetic word that something's going to happen in the middle of darkness that God is going to show up and he's going to bring light into the areas that are dark. That's amazing. I, I start thinking about what happens when God says something is coming. It starts to build hope on the inside of us. My, my son put something up on Facebook. It's kind of hilarious, but um, this is not really what I'm talking about. I just thought I'd throw in a joke. But, but there, there's a fellow, you know, who's a pessimist. He says the tunnel's dark. And the optimist says there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the realist says there's a train in the tunnel. And the train driver says, who are the three idiots standing on the track? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking that's really not what what this is about when there is in our dark lives something that's coming that we know we're going to get out of the darkness that has infiltrated our lives. God's word is light and provides direction in life. What does it say? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That means that God provides in his word something that is marvelous here for us that illumines the way in which we should live. The light and darkness are not compatible. The light shines in the darkness And the darkness did not comprehend it. Things that are dark don't comprehend light. That's an interesting verse, isn't it? That they don't understand. If people walk and live in sin, their whole understanding of what it's like to be righteous and holy is completely foreign. Not just the words. It's not just the words that are foreign to him. It's the life of somebody who believes in God is foreign to them. It's like they come from another world. Why are they happy? Why are they content? Why are they able to overcome in the midst of their struggles and strife? Why is it that they are blessed? How does that under... It doesn't compute with somebody who lives and yearns for darkness in their own life. Look at the true Christmas light. This is an interesting one. As I mentioned earlier, light brings hope. But in John chapter 1, when, when John describes the birth of Jesus, he, he uses entirely different words. 
He doesn't describe a manger scene. He doesn't describe the route to Bethlehem. He doesn't describe the angels or the, or, or the uh, shepherds. He doesn't describe the wise men coming. When he talks about the birth of Jesus, he says this. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Something about the arrival of Jesus is that he has come into the midst of people's lives that are walking in darkness, that are covered with sin in their lives, and he's going to bring light now, not everybody likes that. We saw in our study of Luke that the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't like having light turned on in their lives. <laughs> when he started to show them the hypocrisy of their ways, he just had a way of doing that. And, and whenever he got up and met with them, and he said, you know, you, you say this, but this is how you act. Your heart is full of greed and self, self-righteousness and pride. And he starts to show that up, and they didn't like it. Who likes being told off? Nobody likes being told off. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now he compares light to having proper life that brings about fruitfulness and joy. Did you know that he said this? While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In other words, he's not just looking out at the sun and the stars or the moon. He's not just looking at the things that are practical, but he's saying, if you want to understand what is real light, then you're going to have to look at the character, the values, and the nature of who I am, because my life radiates the very light of the one who created you. That's kind of interesting. Now he's not looking at light as just something you turn on when you flip a switch. He's looking at light as being the character and the values and the nature of who he is. Interestingly enough, not only does it reveal character, he says this, this is the judgment. Isn't that interesting? He says, you want to know what judgment is? We, we go to a judge and the judge says, you're right and you're wrong. But when Jesus talks about judgment, he says this. The light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He says, I come in, and when I bring light, it's not because I'm here to punish people, I'm here not to condemn people. I'm here that you might have life. And when we misunderstand the purpose and the focus of why Jesus came at Christmas time, we're going to misunderstand the healing power of light 
in our own lives, in our hearts, and in our minds. Here's another one. Light brings transformation. Jesus said, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. He says, I've come to get you out of where the darkness is. There's a transformation. You can walk in the light. Something happens when we put our faith in Jesus. I sit there and whether I'm broken or whether I'm hurt, whether I'm resentful, whether I'm guilty, whether I feel shamed, ashamed in my life, I bring it and, and I bring it into the light. I ask Jesus to forgive me of the very thing that bothers me the most. I put it in the light. And guess what happens? If it's dark... and I put it to Jesus, (laughs) what happens when the light is turned on in darkness? Where does the darkness go? Gone. How fast? (laughs) As fast as the speed of light. Think about that. I bring my sin, my anger, my my selfishness, my greed. I put it all before God and in a moment it's gone when I put it in the light, when I don't try to hide it. I sit there and say, well, I'm ashamed. I don't want anybody to know about this. Everybody has stuff in their lives, by the way, that's shameful. Everybody. Did you know that? There is nothing that has overcome you that is not common to man. Nothing. We sit there and think, well, I'm supposed to be this. And instead of being hypocritical, trying to pretend we're somebody that we're not, just bring it to the light. That's all you got to do. And as fast as the light illumines it, the darkness is gone. The transformation that starts to take place then says this. You become light. <laughs> now that, that, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sitting here just going through verses. That's what's different about what I'm doing today. So I'm just reading Bible verses. Look at this one. Jesus said in Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. Sometimes I wonder if we actually believe what Jesus says. You know, I mean, it's pretty powerful when I start thinking about that. If Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and then we come to him and his response is, you are the light of the world. That means that the things that I do and say, feel, hear, touch, is no longer hidden. (laughs) A city set on a hill can't be hidden. My life becomes something that people can see. I I could sit down and start telling you all the evil things that I've done in my life. It wouldn't help you any. But I can tell you something about what Jesus did to transform that. 
And I no longer dwell on that, but I dwell with the Lord. And when something comes up that I need to bring before him, I will confess it and allow the light to transform me. Here. For the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. See, what happens when the light that is Jesus affects us, suddenly we become the light and God sets us as the light to the ends of the earth. We become the light to Burgaw, Curry, Pender County. We become the light to North Carolina and beyond. We are the light. The responsibility kind of overwhelms me at that moment in time. And so I'm saying, Lord, I can't handle that, you know, because, I mean, look, who, who am I? And, and he says, that's not how it works. I carry the responsibility. I carry the administration of you being light. You just be light where you are. Demonstrate the power and the presence of God right where you are. But you are a chosen race, says Peter, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. (laughs) Look at that. He says you're a chosen race. You belong to a royal priesthood. That's the people who pray and worship. You're a holy nation. I've set you apart as a people who are different to the folks in this world. A people for God's own possession. Why? For the purpose that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. 1 John 1.5 says this, This is the message which we have heard from him, and we announce it to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Think about that for a minute. This is the message that we have. I like the word we because it includes us. (laughs) It includes you and me. We have this message. The message is that there's no darkness in God. You're not going to find a single thing in God that is not right, that is not holy, that is not just, that is not full of joy, that is not full of peace. You will find God to be who he says he is. He's full of light. Let your light So shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Think about that for a minute. If I become the light, then I'm here so that others have the right to observe my life. 
and bring glory to God. Just say to yourself, Lord, I want my light to shine. Finally, we come to walking and living in the light. You know, there's no way in in the short amount of time that we've got here together to go through a whole understanding of what the Bible says about light. And I was looking at a whole bunch of stuff. I said, what could I cut out? You know, but the exciting thing is that God is light. He promises to be light. He comes as light when he comes in Jesus. When Jesus shines the light, he draws us to the light. Our lives are transformed by the light. We become those who share the light. And now the left, the, what's left is that we need to continue to walk and live in the light. And I want to tell you something. It doesn't stop. This is not something you do for a day or a week. <laughs> it's not something you do for a year or a lifetime. You do this throughout eternity. You start the day that you come to Jesus and you will continue to be a light in the presence of God where there are no more shadows. Think about that. Light is not just something that's a passing idea, but when we get to heaven, there's not going to be night and day. It's all day in the presence of God who illumines it. His glory is light. Moses discovered that up on Mount Sinai that when you start to get into the presence of God, when the, when the Hebrew people were carrying that tabernacle through the desert, in the middle of it, it's the light of God in the Holy of Holies. It's God's light. When you talk about glory, it's that this light of God is such a weight and it's supposed to be in the midst of our living and that our lives are to reflect this incredible light. Well, 1 John says this, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, guess what happens? If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we don't live by ourselves as hermits. We don't get to run off and live in a monastery somewhere. It says we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There is a relationship between the fellowship, the relationships that we have with one another, and the cleansing power of God through his son Jesus and his blood that was poured out for us. That walking in the light means that relationships that are difficult are going to be healed because the light requires it and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. That's an incredible thing. Just that one little verse, I'm sitting there going, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It's not that we're kind to one another. It's not that we're, we're just thoughtful with one another. No, there's this relationship of brotherhood between us that's important, that's critical. And when that relationship runs into trouble, the blood of Jesus will cleanse it. 
I went through that with a brother that we started the ministry with in Germany and we fell apart after nine years and 20 years later, God restored that relationship. I I understand the power of that, but we have to yearn that God is going to break through it, that we're not going to build up walls and barriers between us, but that brothers and sisters learn to love one another in spite of all the differences in culture and language and the ways that we do things. Here, when we walk in the light, God does something. Brings about forgiveness. Wow. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are, you are the light of the Lord. Do you see how often suddenly light is not just the description of God? It's not just the description of Jesus. It's the description of who the church is. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are the light of In the Lord, walk as children of the light. Every good and perfect gift. This is what happens when you start walking in the light. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. (laughs) Every good and perfect gift that we need along life's way comes from the Father of lights. The one who says that he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I want you to understand he's speaking to Christians here. He's not talking about unsaved people. Loving one another is critical in terms of understanding both the church and the light and the nature and the character of Jesus. The one who puts his spirit within us so that those things which are impossible for us to do, he can do in and through us. I need faith in Jesus to love other people. I really do. Anything outside of that is, is just doesn't measure up. It can be lust, it can be, it can be desire, it can be self-centered. I do nice things for people because I'm looking for them to do nice things back to me. Very greedy, idolatrous. But loving people who don't deserve it, that's powerful. And that's what Jesus did with us, isn't it? He loved us when we just didn't deserve it. This is where it all heads to. The city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb of God. There will no longer be any night there and they will not have need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign 
forever and ever. The future, where we're heading, <laughs> where those who've gone on before us already are, <laughs> from J.C. to Martha to Gloria, Albert, I can't name them all. They've gone on before us, but where they are, where we're headed, we get to prepare for that right now. So that when we get there, we'll understand that the light that God gives us here is sort of the training ground for what's going to happen when we get home. I just love the fact that the sunlight brings healing and hope and encouragement, vitamin D. I don't know what all it does. If I take care of myself, I won't get burned, you know, and, and I could... I can enjoy it. I can enjoy what I see when I've traveled around the world, whether it's mountaintops and top of the Andes or the Himalayan mountains, or I've been around the seas and the Indian Ocean or the Pacific and South Pacific. I don't know where all I've been, but I got to see it because there was light. And I got to see the incredible things that God had created because of light. So that when he turns around and he says something to me, you are the light of the world, I'm sitting there going, I don't know that when people look at me, they're going to see the kind of glory that I have seen in your creation. And he says, you need to believe that. You need to believe that my son is creating and working in you to create a life that is desirous, that those who walk in darkness yearn for it. It's not just a matter of inviting people to come to a building and to a meeting. It's a matter of inviting people to encounter the Jesus that you have met. And that we can gather together to worship him and honor him and rejoice in his presence because he has made us to be a light in the darkness. So the darker things are out there, the brighter our light ought to shine. We shouldn't get more discouraged. We should stand up and let the light shine and say there is a God who rules not just in heaven but on earth. And as much as you want to follow the things of this world, we're going to look to the salvation of our souls and the eternal destiny that God has prepared beforehand for those who will love him. We're going to let that light shine. We're going to let people know that there's no shadow in God. He is who he says he is. He's full of light. And when we bring our brokenness and our shame our guilt and our sins, and we lay them down before him. His light brings healing to our souls, to our hearts, and to our minds. We can trust the light of God to perform much better than the sunlight. Where are you at? in this journey with Jesus, who is the light of the world to us, in us, 
through us. Lord Jesus, as we as we come to you again this morning, we have looked at some of the many, many, many verses describing your light. And Lord, I just know there's no adequate way that I can even begin to express the kinds of things that happen when we walk in the light as you are in the light. But we need that, oh, so much, Lord, in all the divisions and upsets and troubles that go on between brothers and sisters. At this Christmas time, Lord, let us remember that the light came into the world and was a person. And that that person brought healing, deliverance, hope, and encouragement, brought wisdom and everything that was necessary for us to have life. And so we ask, Lord, that that would be reflected in and through us. We ask, Lord Jesus, that as we look to you as the light of the world, we would agree with what you said concerning us, that we are the light of the world as well, and that we would walk as children of the light. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.